Hey, have, have we got Merrick on the phone? Yeah, Are we ready bring, to go? Let's bring Mazin to things. Oh, speaking of old um, cheese, that's my jokes. Uh, so, <laughs> old and cheesy. <laughs> Good morning, guys. How you doing? Morning, Merrick. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, wh- where are you coming in from? Are you in Sydney? I'm actually in Melbourne. I'm uh, performing a show for the International Comedy Festival at the moment. So, uh, I'm, I'm originally from Melbourne, uh, but I live in Sydney, yeah. So, but I'm on tour at the moment. Fun. Nice. Maybe you guys can catch up later. Well, probably not. Was... I'd say probably not. Look, I'm, I'm making every endeavour to keep uh, some distance between myself and Richard. <laughs> and, and but what was what was the first thing you said to me off off air, Mez? I don't know. Oh, what did I say? Nine a.m. What a great time to talk about wine. I think is what. It, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I feel like we're yeah. probably all very researched from the night before, right? Yeah, we are prepared. Exactly. That's that's right. I mean, a lot of people, you know, who are listening to the show will just be thinking, "Yeah, look, I mean, it, this is just the cycle of life, isn't it?" You know, I'm literally just recovering from my attempts at uh, drinking wine last night and talking about it first thing in the morning, just before I have breakfast. Perfect that's, timing. Exactly. So, what were you drinking last night? Uh, I was actually I was hosting my show. I, I do a show for uh, festivals, which is called um, "An Idiot's Guide to Wine." So I was mm-hmm. actually taking the audience through a flight of wines. So uh, there were six different wines in the flight, and it's 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 really quite a big endeavour because there is um, about three hundred people in the room, and so that, if you do the sums, that's eighteen hundred samples of wine uh, wow. over the course of one hour. It is insane. I won't go into the details, but I'm an idiot, and it's in the title. <laughs> I'm an idiot, but the actual facilitation of the show is it's immense, absolutely immense. But it's a great show. So. Well, That's your question. I was drinking it all last night. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's all very appropriately named. This uh, an idiot's guide to wine. I've been checking it out. It's actually hilarious. And um, you know, you it's really do hilarious. So- <laughs> <laughs> you, said like, you said like it's a surprise. Like it's actually hilarious. Don't give up your day job. <laughs> I, I always found you mildly funny. I like wow, seriously. I'm you. You and Rosso religiously. You are my favourite show. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be classic. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, it's, look, it's the show itself is it is a real combination of uh, my two passions, which are you know comedy and my love of wine. So the show itself is a, it's a comedy show. It's 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 laugh out loud funny the whole way through. But it is it's talking about wine, and it's not talking about you know how to or, or anything like that. It's actually just talking about the grapes and the varietals and a little bit of history and stuff around it. So it's. You know, you might learn something, but it's going to be incidental or accidental as opposed to, you know, being in a seminar. It's not that. It's it's like the, the word idiot is in the title for a reason. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit about the grapes of mirth and, and what mm-hmm. that's all about? Um, so about five years ago, I started um, a venture called Grapes of Mirth, which, of course, is uh, based on a, a literary reference, um, Steinbeck's uh, Grapes of Wrath, because... Uh, I was in a winery in McLaren Vale, and I'd been hosting the Bushings, which is their, their wine awards, and I'd hosted several times. And there's a big marquee there, and I thought, I said to the, one, one of the winemakers, or one of the wine owners, I said, um, why don't you host a, a comedy event after the Bushings? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And I went, well, all right, I'll do it. And so uh, about a year later, I um, with uh, SC Panel, with Steve Panel, um, we hosted the first Grapes of Mirth. And what that is, is actually just a big, it's a large-scale outdoor comedy event in a winery. It's like picnic rugs and glasses of wine and bottles of wine and lots of great food and 
Um, the comedy goes all day, and there's music as well, and there's like five, uh, three sets of comedians, five comedians all up, and it's just, it's like a gala event, but really, really relaxed and outdoors and fun. It's just a, a really magic mix. So you've actually got some events coming up. You've got one in Sepples Field in Barossa in mm-hmm. October. What's uh, uh, let's let's give that a plug. Yeah, so uh, that, that'll be an interesting one for us. That was delayed from last year because of the COVID restrictions and the lockdowns that Melbourne and Sydney were currently under, but uh, we're supposed to go ahead last year. But this is going to be the, our largest one to date. It's actually really massive. Um, it's a two-day festival at Sepplesfield, held on the grounds at Sepplesfield, which are incredible. But it's, it'll combine um, all different types of disciplines. You know, Obviously, comedy will be there, but we'll also have music. We're also going to have like um, artisanal um, representatives there as well because you know artists, live on site at Sepultsfield. There's an amazing uh, uh, life maker there um, and uh, there's all sorts of other artisans on site. So it's a bit of that, but also too, there'll be other um, food executions, demonstrations. Melissa Leong uh, was booked last year for us to come uh, to the festival to uh, do a cooking demonstration, but it's all fun. So everything everything around it is based still very much in fun, but in entertainment. So I guess that's you know, what kind of separates us from regular wine events is that we've got a very high entertainment focus. So people are entertained and, and the, the wine stuff is very, very passive. And People can choose to go and do masterclasses if they want. They'll be on site um, if they want to learn a little bit more. Uh, but it's certainly not about just standing around eating cheese and, and matching it to wine. It's a, a little bit more dynamic than that. Mez, I've had a text come in from one of our regular listeners, Christopher. Good morning, Christopher. And he's wondering if you've got a favourite wine at the moment. And also, is there something on your bucket list that you'd love to try that you haven't tried yet? Uh, yeah, I'd like to try a 1945 Romani Conti. So if anybody is listening and they, and they have access to that particular bottle, which is worth $500,000 US, I would very much like to have a taste of that, please. <laughs> at 9 a.m. What's your address to carry it to? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would honestly, I could drink that any time of the day. I could have that poured on Wheaties and I'd still enjoy it. Um, <laughs> what am I drinking at the moment? I just mentioned Sepplesfield, and, you know, not to plug them, but um, uh, one of the wines I, I show in my, in my show is their Yeovan uh, uh, release Grenache, and it is just bright and crunchy and juicy, and just Fiona Donald has done a wonderful job putting that together. It's so easy drinking, very affordable, and um, uh, I really like drinking that. But I'm also like at the moment I'm really into um, oxidised whites, oxidised Chardonnay, some Sauvignon, um, a little bit of Jura, um, but I like those. I like the oxidised Chardonnays. Um, and uh, like the nuttiness of them. Um, and I'm getting some good stuff from that, you know, in Australia. Bloom by um, Brash Higgins is one of my favourites. Yeah, it's a ripper. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very hard to get, and it's not cheap. But, you know, if you treat yourself with that, you're really giving yourself a birthday present. So, yeah, to answer your question, I'm kind of doing that. I mean, you mentioned Ravensworth as well. Brian's yeah. wines are excellent. I he's really amazing. like that. Yeah, he's, he's an incredible winemaker. I had one of his Chardonnays, uh, Project C Chardonnay, last week which uh was a little bit slightly oxy and it was just beautiful absolutely beautiful so um yeah I'm, uh, that's what i'm kind of looking at the moment yeah big big bad brian martin from ravensworth you know i mean he came into clonic hiller in the early 2000s cleaned up all their wines he's yeah. the ultimate hipster like he rides a fixie but he hasn't got a beard and he wears socks but he turns his own butter he'll kill a pig and slaughter it up and make burgers <laughs> for the week with his son who's this amazing basketball player and you know his wines are just so inventive 
organic, thatched roof, everything's done in oak, you know, old oak. Very yeah. much uh, when in doubt, leave it out mentality. Is, is some of that stuff you're talking about, the wines from the Jura, you know, is that because you're hanging out with uh, Mike Benny in Sydney and his sort of crew? Is that how you got yeah, an intro yeah, to that? Yeah. Or is... <laughs> Mate, you've absolutely nailed me to the floor on that one. You are spot on. You guys are because... made for each other, I reckon. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Benny and I are very good friends and uh, we love spending time with each other. And, you know, it's, it's funny, we spend lots of time drinking, but it's actually usually, you know, we spend good portions where we'll go and do, you know, some serious tasting together and drink, you know, because we'll, we'll, Mike is incredibly professional. Very incredibly so. professional. Mm. So, you know, we might sit down and do a couple of flights, brackets of like 20 or 30 wines or something like that. And then when we're done, if we choose to have a drink, if we've got time to do it, which is not all the time, um, we'll probably Mike will probably grab something like a Jura. He'll probably grab something that's a bit nutty, a bit saline. Uh, that's the kind of his spectrum, and he's definitely opened up my palate and my mind more to those sorts of wines. And I've I've discovered more, and then and continue to discover some of those great whites and and really interesting textural wines through Mike. So yeah, he's spot on. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, there's a time and a place for every kind of wine for every kind of person. And I, look, if you're happy, you know, drinking goon and I always make this joke, if you're listening to Justin Bieber and drinking goon and you're happy, you know, I'm happy. But if you want to sit there and drink these oxy kind of cool wines and, and have it with uh, all that kind of food from that region, I'm also happy. Just don't hang crap on someone for drinking something that you don't like, you know, that's the bottom line. Oh. Yeah, do you find yeah, totally. a little bit of that at the, at the comedy show, you know, where you might throw something out and people are just giving a bit of a poo-poo and you have to sort of, you know, is, is there humour in that or is that just a bit, bit of education? Well, you, you're giving my show way too much credit. We <laughs> never we we never get that complex, honestly. Right, okay. Like one of, the, one of the key takeaways I tell the audience is not to mix wine with Coca-Cola. So, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. the level we're at here, guys. Okay. Don't, don't, don't fool. But, no, look, I, I'm, I am of that. I'm, I'm all about bringing people to wine. You know, that's, that's kind of, you know, what I see my, you know, my purpose as is not about trying to educate people, not about trying to challenge people at all. It's actually just about trying to get people to wine so that they go, mm-hmm. you know, something like Chardonnay, for example, where it's been for many years maligned because it, you know, had went too far malo and became like a tub of margarine. If you bring people back to Chardonnay, particularly men, say, just taste this, and they go, oh, actually, that's not bad. You go, yeah, that's right, it is. And then you've, you've actually made a, uh, a difference uh, to people drinking wine just by saying, try this Chardonnay or try Rosé again. You know, give it, give yeah. it another chance. Try Riesling again. Give it another go. See what it's like. Don't, you know, pigeonhole it. So that's kind of, you know, more where So The only thing I can't, I can't tolerate, really, is people who love uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc because yeah. that, that's... A, that's <laughs> the good old Marlborough savvy. Oh. <laughs> oh, like, I mean, I, I know that some people will call it, uh, you know, an excreted um, fem, uh, feline uh, uh, yeah. excrement. I won't go into it because I don't know what the levels of your radio program are. But I actually, <laughs> I call it um, liquid ambipure because of the, you know, heavy passion fruit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. floral notes of it. And, and the other thing I say that... New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc is it's for people who can't smell gas. <laughs> if, if, if I actually had a really gas. funny experience last weekend. I was in Mudgee and um, we're sitting at uh, at Peterson's, which I, I love their yeah. wines. And um, yep. and I met this woman and I asked her what sort of wine she normally likes to drink. And she's like, oh, look, I don't I don't really like these wines and I I don't really like the Hunter Valley wines. And I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. So so what do you like? And she said Marlborough Sauvignon. 
And I thought, oh, yeah, you're not really going to get a lot of that here. But um, here, try a Vidello, and that's probably going to be the closest bet. She was like, oh, yeah, it was. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Some people just, they stick to that and they love it yeah. and that's all they drink. Yeah, it's really, like, I think that's, you know, a, a, an unfortunate byproduct of people not being adventurous enough and not trying enough yeah. is that, you know, they end up doing, like, even if they were just to, you know, move into a bit of Fumé Blanc, you know, as opposed to Sauvignon yep. Blanc and just have a look at something that's got a little bit of oak around it and a little bit of ageing, mm-hmm. uh, it can change their minds. I mean, because that's the thing, like, oh, there is some great Sauvignon Blanc, I'm not going to deny that, and obviously from Loire you see some yes. amazing examples, but... Um, you know, obviously the mass production that you find in New Zealand floating its way into Australia gives people a perception of, of what that wine is. And it's actually, as we know, it's it's actually not. But having said that, don't drink it. Don't ever. <laughs> never never yeah. drink it. Except, Mayors, have you tried the Dog Point Section 94? Mm-hmm. Dog, Dog Point Section good. 94 does sound a little bit like a prison It does, yeah. H <laughs> Division. Oh, look, it's, so with Sauvignon Blanc, and this is just a little bit of nerdy talk here, you know, for the listeners, if you hand-pick Sauvignon Blanc and you use old oak and use wild yeast, as as Merrick yep. was implying with the Pou Fumés and La Sancerre and the wines from the Loire Valley, you cut down on all those stinky kind of vibes, those um, methoxypyrazines. So you actually do end up getting what I call more of a Chardonnay drinker's Sauvignon Blanc, and you get those beautiful, elegant kind of grapefruit great drive and clean kind of lines through it but yeah dog point section 94 in the in from marlborough is actually where you should start f- with marlborough sauvignon blanc and and i should know i, I was the brand ambassador for stonely and brancott in in europe so i've had i've had the the cats wines and all that stuff yeah, but yeah, yeah you know there are there are and and you know it's also a great wine to blend you know here in the yarra valley yep. of course mount mary triolet which is a sauvignon mm-hmm. blanc semion mm-hmm. muscadel blend one of the great Australian white wines, in my opinion. Yep. Well, let's yeah. just go over to Western Australia and oh, drink yeah. some of their beautiful Bloody SBS. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't get enough of SBS. I think it's just beautiful. And, you know, obviously the Sad Blanc is still the predominant part, but, you know, blend it with some semi-on, it's like it's it's gorgeous. Yeah, it needs, for me, it needs that kind of, you know, zingy acid line from the from the semi-on and a little bit of structure around it because otherwise it can just get all, you know, like I said, like an ambipure, just a bit flabby mm. and floral and, it's not very nice, and, and I think to your point, Richard, about you know the stuff in Marlborough. I think a lot of it's got to do with you know the yeast selection they use, as opposed yeah. to wild ferment versus you know chucking in a packet of Ambipure when they uh, are making the ferment, um, and that's what gives it that kind of you know really awful standardised smell. But um, yeah, you're, you've both got great examples. Those those Margaret River um, blends are actually a very very tidy wine and a very very good wine mm. to have. You know with yeah, food and, and light fish. So, like you say, it's, there's always a wine for every occasion. Absolutely, yeah. What are, where's what are you? Are you a bit of a pet nat drinker? Do you like that sort of stuff as well? Yeah, like with pet nats is when it's been made to be a pet nat, yep. not a mistake that yep. somebody's been <laughs> shoved into a bottle. An afterthought, a bit like sparkling Shiraz can be a bit of an afterthought to you hide the dirty fruit. You couldn't have said that, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Look, I mean, there's some fantastic pet nats around, and I really enjoy you know drinking them. Blind, uh, the blind unicorn, which I think Mike's got a little bit to do from uh, the guys in Blind Corner and, and WA. I yep. really like their nats. Um, I think it was Wira Wira made one recently, and I was like. It was. It was real rare, and I was, it was absolutely stunning. I drank it last year, over a year ago, and I haven't been able to find it since. What I like is when a pet gnat has been made uh, by a really good winery with really good standards, and they've controlled the ferment properly, and they've capped it off, and it's stable in, you know, in some regards. 
and it's finished, and it's got a beautiful clean finish. I really like pet nat like that because I think it's a great alternative for you know something like a cider or a beer, um, but unreal with food, particularly barbecue. Pet nat barbecue is amazing. Oh yeah, and um, Gem Tree make an organic pet nat that's the best that's thing it. I've Sorry. ever had with tubes. That's it. Sorry, I thought it was Gem Tree. Gem Tree, where were you? No, Gem Tree, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the one. Bang, you've nailed it. That was that's the one, and you said with tubes. Yeah, uh, that'll be your chicken twisties one, I reckon, Mez. Yeah, mate, that's a great <laughs> call, Rich. That's really good. Yeah, sorry, a bigger part. It was Gem Tree. Yeah, well, and speaking of Western Australia too, Cullen. I reckon Cullen were. Let's talk about Cullen for a second because Vanya, you know, they've been uh, mm-hmm. biodynamic for years, but they were one of the first sort of commercial, in inverted commas, even though they're pretty small, wineries to make an amber wine, an orange wine, and called it amber, and commercially release it. And they did a pet nat too. And this is before all the cool kids were doing it. So you've got to take your hats off to, to looking into the future and making, you know, I wouldn't call them a boomer pet nat, but it's like it's not super crazy weird, you know, it's just <clears throat> bloody good. Oh, yeah, it's actually I mean, taking up a whole page on its own in, in some restaurants now. So... It's definitely putting itself on the map. Even at Dan Murphy's. I've got 22 pet nats at Dan Murphy's now in Alfington. Yeah, right. So we're turning into uh, some sort of hipster shop, I think. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's like it gets to that point. Also, to you know, look at something like you know what Vanya's done. They've got, they've got biodynamics in their vineyard and have done for quite some time. And, you know, that's, that seems kind of cool and, and a hipster move, as you say. But, I mean, that's actually quite um, established. Oh, yeah. In some, in many wineries, Paxton's biodynamic, you know, they, there's big... You know, well-known large wineries doing, it. but it's when those people do something that is a bit edgy that it and do it correctly. I think it sets a real benchmark for you know other younger, smaller winemakers to see that and go, well, hang on, that's that's a great way to do it. That is a clean, good way to do it, and that encourages people to that sector too. And that's why, you, like you know, two points, you you see, um, you know, a whole section in a, in a menu now which is dedicated to pet nat or other or orange or you know skinsy wines you know yeah. like there's lots of lots of kind of sub varieties you can see now which i reckon is amazing it's really exciting as opposed to you know when i was a kid i remember my parents would go to a chinese restaurant and there was 47 different cabernets and one riesling <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah well it beats just having one white and one red yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. none of them suited to the, to the cuisine you're eating absolutely yeah always <laughs> it's always you go into like an indian restaurant with this incredibly spicy food and someone's got like a pepper jack shiraz and i'm like oh mate you know no, i'm not i'm not dissing pepper jack but we could do a lot better i reckon yeah get yourself so a rich, really nice cold riesling yeah absolutely richo just touched on before you the chicken twisties thing and i don't know how many people are aware of this but um I, I did watch your YouTube video and it is hilarious. I think you're actually pairing chicken twisties with like a Yarra Valley Chardonnay. Um, yeah. it's, it's, why? Just just explain to us why do you do that? Because it's it's interesting. I I, don't, I actually do it in my show as well. I tell people go go and get um, a really beautiful Chardonnay. Treat yourself. You know, spend fifty sixty dollars and then food pair that with a bag of chicken twisties. It will blow <laughs> your mind. And the funny thing is, people have been doing it and they've gone, you're absolutely right. And I was asked last night, a woman said to me at the show, um, have you tried it uh, with chicken chips? You can do it with chicken chips. And I said, no, you can't. <laughs> and she said, it has to be said, twisty. Yeah, and you know why? I mean, you guys will appreciate this and wine uh, drinkers will appreciate the reason why. Is with chicken chips, it's, it's um, cooked in oil or they've got a, a, an oily mm. base. So it leaves a slick cloy in your mouth. Um, yep. And twisties are dry. So you don't want oil and oil because there's that kind of richness that you get with Chardonnay. With a really good Chardonnay, it's not going to have that kind of matched cut. So when you've got the chicken twisties, they don't seem to cloy as much. So 
with the, the Chardonnay and the chicken twisties, it just seriously, it works like a dream. Yeah, there's a, if well, I know you're familiar with Jam Sheed, Amez, but if you if if our listeners aren't, Gary Mills Jam Sheed, he's got an urban winery here in Preston in Melbourne. But um, get on his Instagram page because he does this great thing called Bogan Som, you know, where they're basically like pairing the most unlikely things together. And and I must say, yep. like this is a great thing. We've had the Moet, um, you know, Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy brand ambassador on right, Jill, and we were talking about yeah, you know, pair pair champagne with KFC. Why not? Like it's. KFC, Korean fried chicken, and Merrick is like what you were just saying. It's the oiliness that that wouldn't go yeah. with a shard, but um, the oiliness goes so well with bubbles. Um, you know, yeah. once upon a time, it was like oysters is the only thing you'd have with champagne. It's like, uh-uh, not anymore. Yeah, but if you want to drink a big champagne that's got, you know, like a Lewin Estate Art Series champagne and, and have with fried chicken, who cares? Like, just do it, yeah, mate. Like, I think you make Chardonnay, but yes, good point. Just just enjoy it. Like, it doesn't matter. The rules are there to be broken and, you know, the most unlikely food and wine match I ever made in my life. So we were talking about New Zealand, you know, generic New Zealand Savvy B before, which is something that I particularly, it's not my bag per se. Um, and then up living up in Sweden, they had this really, really, really salty licorice. And I didn't like both of those oh. things, but you have them together. And they were just one of the best things I've ever had in my life. Salty licorice and New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. It just, it blew my mind. Yeah, well, I guess well, you've, got, you've got the real sweet and the real salty, so that kind of can work, yeah. It worked, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, what you've just done is you just made a liquid version of uh, a licorice all sort yeah. in your mouth. That's Absolutely. what you've yes. done. Yeah, that's and it was right. bloody perfect, mate. It was awesome. But, yeah, look, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think this, when I talk about, like, you know, breaking rules, I'm not out to try and break all the wine rules. In fact, quite the contrary. I think that, you know, um, I don't believe in rules, but I do believe in convention. You know, which yeah. speaks a little bit about that conversation we're all having about um, Pet Nat. You know, like Pet Nat is kind of funky and, and weird enough. There's a bit going on there anyway. Uh, but when it's done through good convention, through good winemakers like Vanya or, or um, you know, Gem Tree or somebody else. Pete Dredge. Then you, yeah, Dredgy. I mean, Dredgy makes Legend. incredible stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, oh, I'm a huge fan of all of his wines. Um, but again, you know, like you can push boundaries once you've kind of, you know, the rules. It's, you know, the old thing, the old adage that, uh, you know, you learn from the master and then ignore everything he's, he's taught you, you know, but you've got to learn it first. And when you see that with winemakers, that you know that they could make wine on any scale and at any level and walk in through any winery door and be, you know, more than proficient. And then they go and apply it to more experimental stuff. That's when it's great. It's not, it's, for me, it's not when people just start with very little experience, just start going really heavily into experimental. Just go, look, you know, you all. I find personally, they're always better when they've got the great foundations, and then they cut loose. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it, uh, look, it's like that with most things in life, isn't it? But I just wanted to ask before we wrap things up, Mez, um, mm-hmm. what you know, because back in the day, what do you reckon the Choice Bro Caravan Park guys were drinking? <laughs> UDLs mixed with methos. Yeah, nice. Good well, that's, one of, that's one of the great combinations. Don't worry about your, twi- your chicken twisties. Um, no, that's correct. Great. Mate, uh, look, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. We really appreciate it. And, you well, know, it's been a bit of an honour, actually, yeah, Merrick. Well, I mean, you know, to come on our little radio station with, uh, with all your big radio station experience. But look, the bottom line is, I love the way you talk about wine and communicate it. So for our listeners, get out there, follow Merrick on Instagram and check out his um, whatever upcoming shows because I'm sure they're going to be brilliant. Thank you very much for having me on. I love talking about wine with people who, you know, share the passion but also to, you know, 
denounce the snobbery. Good on you. You're a legend, mate. Yeah. Thank you. We'll definitely get you back on. Thanks, Mez. Have a great Sunday. Thanks. Take care.